Welcome to the Pharmacotherapy Podcast. My name is Lindsay Devon. I am Professor of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston. I also serve as Editor-in-Chief of the official ACCP journal, Pharmacotherapy. Today we are talking with Dr. Tran H. Tran about her paper titled Methadone, Buprenorphine, and Naltrexone for the Treatment of Opioid Use Disorder in Pregnancy. Dr. Tran is an Associate Professor in the Department of Pharmacy Practice at the Midwestern University Chicago College of Pharmacy. Dr. Tran's areas of expertise include addiction, substance use disorder, and internal medicine. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Tran. Thank you, Dr. Devon. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, uh, let's get started. Uh, Dr. Tran, we hear a lot of news these days about the opioid epidemic raging in the United States and proposals on how to combat it. Um, How significant is the problem of opioid abuse in women of childbearing age and and especially in women who become pregnant? Um, Although opioid overdose and heroin use has increased in most demographic groups, we're seeing drastic increases in females that surpass those in men, which is very different from prior epidemics. While heroin use in men has increased by about 50% between 2004 and 2013, this increase for women is double that at 100%. Women of childbearing age are more likely than any other age group to be seen in the emergency department for opioid misuse and abuse. And furthermore, women who died from opioid overdoses rose 415% between 1999 and 2010. Drug dependence in pregnant women from claims data quintupled over five years. A CDC report published that women are more likely than men to be prescribed opioids, receive higher doses, and be taking them for longer durations, which may be partly to blame for these staggering statistics. Mm. Those are impressive uh, facts. In in sort of outlining this problem, will you give us an overview of the harmful consequences for both mother and infant from uh, opioid use disorder in pregnancy? Of course. Um, Opioid use in pregnant women can increase the risk of spontaneous abortion, stillbirth, prematurity, and neonates born with low birth weight or birth defects. Um, Abrupt withdrawal from opioids can also be damaging and lead to preterm labor, fetal distress, and fetal withdrawal symptoms. Given that opioid abuse is associated with high rates of repeated relapse, this vicious cycle can occur numerous times throughout a pregnancy. Social and environmental factors associated with opioid use disorder, such as erratic lifestyle, inadequate or uh, absent obstetric care, and HIV or hepatitis C transmission can also contribute to poor pregnancy outcomes. Uh, So uh, let me ask you then, when opioid use disorder um, is either suspected or or diagnosed uh, during pregnancy, what are some of the options for treatment and, uh, and is there in fact an established standard of care? Yes, it's imperative for pregnant women with substance use disorder to seek specialist care and counseling. As pharmacists, we should also be familiar with the acceptable treatments to inform and support women we may encounter in this situation. Ideally, medication-assisted treatment um, in conjunction with psychosocial therapy is preferred 
over even medically assisted withdrawal. Medications alone, however, is never appropriate. Um, This recommendation is supported by many organizations, including ACOG and SAMHSA. Methadone, buprenorphine, and naltrexone have all been approved by the FDA for the treatment of opioid dependence, but have only been studied in varying degrees during pregnancy. So outside of pregnancy, Buprenorphine is used in combination with uh, naloxone to reduce abuse and diversion. However, during pregnancy, buprenorphine should be used as a single agent, Um, and this is mostly due to unknown effects of prenatal naloxone exposure and the potential for fetal withdrawal symptoms. Um, At this time, the risk of birth defects have not been demonstrated with methadone, buprenorphine, or naltrexone. However, the studies are limited, and, and as with any drug, the risk and benefits to both mother and fetus during pregnancy require careful consideration by the patient as well as the clinicians that are advising her. Uh, let me follow up on, on that last question. I think all of our listeners are familiar with uh, methadone since it's been around available for almost uh, half a century, perhaps, um, and it has a long history uh, for use uh, for uh, opioid abuse. Uh, would you review any evidence that uh, this newer treatment, buprenorphine, uh, would be the uh, preference for uh, use in substance use disorder in pregnancy? You're absolutely correct, and, and that methadone has by far the longest history of use. Um, it spans over five decades and is backed by data from at least six randomized control trials to show statistical significance in retention to treatment as well as suppression of heroin use. However, federal prescribing and dispensing requirements to limit misuse and diversion may present obstacles to work or school for patients who have difficulty getting to treatment centers regularly to receive the medication. So as a partial agonist, buprenorphine has lower euphoria levels, which can lessen cravings, and doesn't require daily administration at opioid treatment programs. Specific advantages in the pregnant population are that infants exposed to buprenorphine in clinical trials required shorter treatment duration, less medication to treat neonatal abstinence syndrome symptoms, and experience shorter hospitalizations compared to methadone. Um, This is based off of our review of the available published literature from three prospective randomized control trials and eight prospective observational controlled studies. Uh, you note in your article that buprenorphine is often combined with uh, naltrexone uh, for the treatment of, of opioid uh, abuse or, or use disorder. Um, are there reasons, or, or I guess my question is, why should naltrexone uh, be avoided in the treatment of opioid use disorder uh, during pregnancy? So, more research with naltrexone in pregnant women is first needed to determine its safety and benefits. Um, Currently, naltrexone isn't advised because it requires detoxification and an opioid-free period, which exposes uh, individuals to a vulnerable period for relapse, reestablishment of physical dependence, increased risky behaviors, treatment dropout, and the possibility for opioid overdose and death. Uh, many of our listeners are likely to be in a position to make uh, recommendations about um, dosing of these uh, treatments for um, opioid use disorder in, in pregnancy. And I think everyone's aware that pregnancy is a time of very rapid changes in, in physiology that are often accompanied by changes in, in drug pharmacokinetics and, and dynamics. Are there, in, in fact, special dosing considerations according to Uh, gestational age uh, for the use of these drugs during pregnancy? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, an incredibly important uh, point. Pregnant women do experience physiological changes during pregnancy that can potentially alter a drug's pharmacokinetics and efficacy. Um, for example, when blood volume doubles in pregnancy, the effects on drug metabolism can be significant. So dosing and interval recommendations established for non-pregnant women can't, um, shouldn't be automatically be extrapolated to pregnant women. We have the most experience with methadone, which informs us that an increase in dose or a shortening of the dosing interval may be considered in the second and third trimester due to increased elimination. Unfortunately, less information is available about required dosing adjustments for buprenorphine um, or naltrexone in pregnant women. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, it would be of value to have uh, randomized clinical trials during pregnancy, but uh, certainly these are often considered unethical, especially in, in this population. So you know, what types of additional data would, would you like to have to determine uh, if outcomes are better with uh, one of these treatments compared to another? Yeah, it's quite astonishing that 91% of the medications approved for use in adults lack sufficient data to determine the risk of birth defects from use during pregnancy. There's an unmistakable rationale for um, increased pregnancy research and understanding fundamental mechanisms underlying observed links between a pregnant woman's health and the health of her children. We need additional data on whether pain sensitivity in response to stress or emotional responses such as fear and pleasure can be altered in children of mothers treated with medication-assisted treatments. We also need to know if these medications can change sensitivity to opioid-induced pain relief or modify risk of addiction in these children. So although pregnancy research um, has to overcome significant issues and challenges, for now there are sources of data coming from the CDC Center for Birth Defects Um, research and prevention, uh, the FDA's adverse event reporting, and uh, drug companies' pregnancy registries that can help to inform us currently. Well, there's an obvious um, relationship between opioid use and pregnancy and the potential um, for a neonatal abstinence um, syndrome in the the neonate. Um, Do we know from animal or human studies if there are long-term negative consequences from either not treating or, or for, importantly, from treating uh, opioid abuse that uh, leads in a pregnant woman that uh, can lead to a neonatal abstinence syndrome? Mm-hmm. Um, neonatal abstinence syndrome has not been associated with long-term adverse consequences. Uh, however, newborns with neonatal abstinence syndrome often require and should be hospitalized to receive pharmacologic or non-pharmacologic treatment to bridge them through the withdrawal period. Uh, yeah, your discussion has been uh, very informative. Let, let me ask you a final question. Um, it's sort of a broader question. How should pharmacotherapy be integrated into a, a comprehensive treatment plan to combat the abuse of opioids during pregnancy? This is probably the most important question. Um, so. A comprehensive treatment plan includes counseling on chemical dependence, family counseling, nutritional education, and social support, in addition to access to the medication-assisted treatment um, in in conjunction with the necessary drug monitoring, the education, and the follow-up. Of course, comprehensive obstetric care is also an integral component. 
um, I think a notable finding is that despite being the standard of care, medication-assisted treatment was missing from nearly two-thirds of pregnant women admitted to treatment centers. So there's still a lot of room for improvement. Uh, Dr. Tran, I, I want to thank you for this discussion. Um, we could con continue to talk with Dr. Tran, but I'd like to refer the listeners uh, to her review of therapeutics that was recently published in, in Pharmacotherapy. Um, she's the lead author and is accompanied by Brooke Griffin, uh, Rebecca Stone, Kathleen Vest, and, and also uh, Timothy Todd. This is a, a very comprehensive article, and there's a comprehensive reference list and a very helpful table on clinical considerations for opioid use disorder in pregnant women. Um, again, Dr. Tran, thank you for your time and for this discussion on this most important topic. Thank you, Dr. Devon, for this opportunity. Thank you for listening to another ACCP podcast episode. Our theme music is called Rocket Power and is licensed by Creative Commons. Please take a moment to recommend this podcast and subscribe via iTunes so that you'll get notified of when our next episode will be released.